This is L.A. Court Report, covering Southern California's boys' high school basketball scene, going to games, running events, hosting Zoom conversations, and now, the podcast. This is the L.A. Court Report podcast. I'm Steve Wax with Brad Enright, and our guest tonight is... J. Sarah Catholic head coach Keith Wilkinson. Coach, thanks for being with us. Appreciate you guys having me. You guys do a fantastic job covering high school sports and uh, thankful for all the coverage. We appreciate it. And coach, the interesting thing about you is you've been exposed to a variety of great influencers from playing for Coach Mulligan at Capitol Valley to your father, Jerry, who played in the NFL, to Tim Floyd, who you played for at USC and later coached with at UTEP. Can you spend some time talking about what you learned from your dad, from Coach Mulligan, from Coach Floyd, about your approach to coaching? Yeah, you know, I think the first and foremost, I'll start with my dad, you know, my role model, my biggest influencer in my life. Um, He was really simple with me. He said, keep it simple uh, when I was growing up, and it's the motto that I use now, but it's play hard, play smart, and uh, have fun. Um, And if you do those things, you know, a lot of the stuff will take care of itself, Um, and it sounds sounds silly but if you're always playing hard you're always playing smart and you're having fun playing the game of basketball good things usually happen so uh, he kept it really simple for me he always made sure that I was doing those three things and um, you know he he was such a great influence on my life and so um, those are the biggest takeaways uh, that I got from from him um, from coach Mulligan at, at Capitol Valley um, I would say that he uh he, he had some toughness um, that he instilled in me um, as, a, as a skinny uh, late bloomer uh, from Orange County. Uh, when we switched one through five, I fancied myself as a guard in high school and uh, could really shoot the three. Didn't want to do too much of the dirty work because I was really just underdeveloped and young um, at the time. And he really instilled toughness um, uh, in me, uh, which I was so thankful for because that carried over to, to USC where um, you know, I end up playing mostly center, a little bit of power forward, having to guard bigger, stronger, taller, more athletic guys every night. Um, and then a lot of my coaching comes from Coach Floyd, uh, all the philosophies that he has on coaching great players, uh, making sure that you're really coaching your best players uh, harder than anybody else. And um, if you get your best players to, to, to believe in you and play at a high level, um, the rest will kind of follow suit. So um, not being afraid to coach really good players. And I think that's one thing that uh, Coach Floyd always did a heck of a job of whether it was Nick Young or OJ Mayo or Taj Gibson or DeMar DeRozan like he coached those guys so hard um, and they had a lot of respect for him and played really hard for him because of that and then the rest of our teams played well because of that and then the other thing I'll say too is I was fortunate enough to coach uh, for uh, uh, Dennis Cutts uh, who's a head coach at UC Riverside who's now a G League coach with the Milwaukee Bucks and and Jim Rolridge who are part of the, the Coach Floyd uh, tree. And, and one thing that I, I took away from Dennis is he was such a, a great offensive mind, quick hitter um, sets that he had from K-State in his days of being an assistant at Northern Arizona for um, um, Ben Howland and uh, Jamie Dixon. And so I took a lot from from Dennis on the offensive side of the ball where, um, you know, I think Coach Floyd was such a great defensive uh, guru. Um, he usually just had a lot of great players that could go get him a bucket. And I give Dennis a ton of credit for us to be able to manufacture uh, some quick hitters because uh, he really taught me a lot on the offensive end. That makes a lot of sense. And coach, let's talk about where you currently are. You compete in the Trinity League, 
one of the most competitive leagues in the United States. When you took the job at J. Sarah, what did you do to map out the success of your program? Did you set specific goals? Are there things you're committed to working for? Do you have a signature approach to what you do at J. Sarah? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is um, when I first came here, I, I, outside of playing high school, I had no high school experience. So um, I, I didn't really know what it looked like to coach at the high school level. I'd obviously coached at the college level for eight years before coming here. Um, and so the biggest thing and the most important thing to me was getting a really good staff uh, put together. Um, you know, coaches are teachers of the game. Uh, the first thing I did was um, Dave King, who's, who's been a high school coach for 40 years, a head coach and an assistant, uh, has really helped me. We call him the general manager here. He's the guy who really runs the whole show. I coach, but he's the brains behind all the operations. And he's really helped me transition to high school and what it looks like to have, you know, we have 85 kids in our program in five levels. So um, I'm used to coach, coaching 15 kids. So it's, it's, it's been an adjustment. Um, and then getting good coaches in place. The good coaches at the lower levels is so important. Uh, development of kids. Um, they change at such a rapid rate in high school. It's so much quicker than the college level. I mean, the development happens so fast to see guys go from freshman to sophomore, sophomore to junior, and then junior to senior. This is the first time I've completed a four-year cycle with, with guys. And to see how far Josh Ragsdale, our senior, has come in four years is incredible. And the amount of growth that happens in that and that's a credit to the coaches at the lower levels who got him ready for varsity. Uh, and then we just were able to fine tune and tweak a couple of things. And I have an unbelievable coaching staff. I mean, a lot of guys that have played former division one basketball um, and guys that are great coaches and teachers, whether it's Taylor King, CJ Cooper, Daniel Munoz, Caleb DeGroote, um, who also work at our, with our lower levels. And so that was so important is getting really good coaches um, here was the first thing that I wanted to do. Um, and then the second thing is getting really good student athletes. So one thing that I don't think people really understand is how academically challenging J. Sarah is. Um, it is such a good school, uh, compete in the classroom. And if guys don't have grades or don't want to work in the classroom, there's just no way they're going to make it here. So um, want to make sure we get really good students, um, you know, of, of people that we bring in here who can handle the workload because we'll have guys that, come in and, and I look at him like, are you okay? It's like, oh, I was up till 3 a.m. working on my physics uh, test, or I was up till uh, 3 a.m. writing a 15-page paper. And it's like, well, what's your GPA? Oh, 473 or 45. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, this is incredible. Like, what schools are you applying to? Oh, Stanford, Yale, and Harvard, and USC, and UCLA. I hope I get one of them. And it's like, with a 4547, and you play sports. So um, getting good students, uh, first and foremost, because we are a great academic school was important. And then um, just trying to build a culture of, uh, of accountability and communication uh, where guys, you know, are accountable for their actions and that they communicate at a high level uh, were the kind of the biggest things that we wanted to do to establish this thing early. And um, I couldn't do it without the, the su support of all my staff, who is absolutely fantastic and uh, they don't get paid enough for what they do. So I'm blessed to have them. You certainly are. And you mentioned the transition of being a college coach to being a high school coach. In terms of the basketball itself, what's the same at college and the high school level and what's different at college and high school? Are there certain things you do in practice in high school you never would have done in college? And what are you doing in practice that's the same? Yeah, I think we, I honestly try to, to simulate it like we do um, in college where practices look a, a lot of the same. Um, we do a lot of the same things. 
Um, I mean, that's the world I came from. So that's kind of all I know. Uh, but the one thing that, that we probably do a little bit more of at the high school level is really, 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 really get down to the fundamentals. Um, I mean, even things like when you talk about three on two, two on one, and, and just like the basics that in college, you don't really have to go over uh, a ton. Um, you still work on fundamentals, but like we overemphasize it um, at the high school level, again, because you might not have had someone who's done that before, where you talk about shell drill and, and getting a guy to jump to the ball, um, it, you know, just overemphasizing the little things where in college, you can kind of breeze through that, if you will, um, where in high school, like sometimes <laughs> it takes a month or two to get guys in the right position and shell and, and, uh, and get them jumping to the ball and, and, and where we like them. So I think I try to keep it as similar as possible. If anything, uh, the difference is in high school, instead of a little bit more competition uh, that you have in college where you kind of get up and down and, and do stuff, it's a little bit more teaching where you kind of got to slow it down and, and walk through and almost tell a guy why. Um, not that you don't do that in college, but you just seem to do it more at the high school level. So they really understand what it is that we're trying to do. That makes a lot of sense. And switching gears for a second, coach, you played professionally in Ukraine. Can you talk about your experience playing there? And have you been in contact with any of your former teammates or your friends who might still be there? Yeah, um, I had a great experience playing in Ukraine. Um, it was a a unique uh, uh, journey for me, to say the least. Um, I can't believe I ended up in Ukraine at the time when I was, you know, 21. I just graduated college, 21, turning 22. Uh, had the option to go to Spain, had the option to go to Australia, had to go the option to Ukraine. And uh, as a 21, 22-year-old, I, I took where the contract was the most. <laughs> and so I ended up in Ukraine, uh, not realizing how hard Russian would be to learn, Ukrainian would be to learn to try to communicate. Um, you know, as opposed to going to Australia where you could speak English, but I had a great experience. Um, it reminded me a lot of a, a Midwest, a tough, um, hard nosed, hardworking, um, community. It was cold. Um, but it was, it was a great experience. Basketball, uh, was a lot different than the PAC 12 it was a lot more team basketball, a lot more slowed down, uh, a little more physical, uh, but a slower pace. Um, but it was great. I had, I had a good time. And uh, I still talk to a couple of the guys who I played with in Ukraine, a couple of the young guys who are part of our program, who um, are obviously going through some incredible times right now. And some of them have families now, young families who have left and gone to Poland or, or gone wherever they've gone. And those guys are back home. And, and so uh, my hearts, my thought, my prayers go out to all of them. And I just hope for peace and, and safety uh, for all those guys as soon as possible, because uh, no one wants to see what's going on over there right now. Absolutely. And that's a very sobering, somber thought. And so not to end on the most um, down note that we can end on, let's ask our favorite question. And our favorite question to ask is, what is your unpopular opinion when it comes to basketball? For example, Coach Diggs at Long Beach Poly says he hates to press. Everyone figures with the athletes he has, gosh, you'd love to full court press. He says, I'd rather run our half court man. Um, we've had a coach say, why do we always say be physical without fouling? Why don't you foul? Why don't you uh, establish your physicality? So what's your unpopular opinion when it comes to basketball? Oh, gosh, that's such a hard question. There's there's a few that come to mind, but I, I think my my unpopular decision is 
I think, and I'm a fan of mixing it up, and I'm a fan of of the triangle and two, the box and one, a little bit of three, two, a little bit of two, three. But I think that zone defense should be banned except for in the winter. And the reason I say that is, is like sometimes I'll I'll, I'll go watch or one of our, our guys have a, as a young son that plays and we go to his game and it's, it's a third, fourth game level, third or fourth grade team. And, and they're playing a two, three zone and, and kids just have no idea how to play man to man defense. And so again, I'm all for winning. Um, I'm all for doing what you can. I wish we could ban zone defense for the summer, for the spring and the fall. And it should only count for like the regular season. If you want to mix it up and play and, just I think it helps kids understand the game of basketball. I want people to be able to guard um, outside of Syracuse. I mean, if you look at teams, especially in college, that go on to win, like you have to be able to play man-to-man defense. And people are kidding themselves when they want to go play college basketball, but they can't guard their position. So um, I think my unpopular decision would be we should ban zone basketball um, in any time outside of, of the, the regular season. And you should only have a certain amount of time you should be able to play it. Like, it's almost like a shot clock. You get four minutes to play zone and that's it or something like that. I wholeheartedly support that. So in conclusion, here, here's a question I have. You had an amazing season. You made a great playoff run. You played in the division one championship game. You made an additional run in state. You really should be saluted for the season you had. You've been, you know, before we started this podcast, you mentioned that you've been meeting with players. Can you talk about what what kind of conversations you have with your athletes at this time of year as you wrap up the season, as you start preparing them for the spring? Yeah, I so I, I kind of go through a routine that we do every year, and and uh, we have meetings with all of our players, all eighty five of them in our program, and so um, I always ask them, I, "What's your favorite memory?" Um, of this year of JCR basketball. And it's amazing to see the different answers that you get, uh, whether it be locker room celebrations, whether it be bus rides, uh, whether it be, you know, our trips, we like to go on a bunch of trips, uh, you know, playing Vegas, try to, we didn't get to go down to Torrey Pines this year because of COVID we had to shut her down, but um, go to, you know, section seven. And so you get to get really cool answers from guys um, about what they enjoyed and everyone's got a different perspective. So you get to see some of the good. And then I always ask them, if you could tell, you know, our coaching staff or anybody and the seniors always have a little bit more uh, open and candid answers because they're no longer here than some of the returners. But what's one thing you'd want to improve? Um, and so you get a lot of answers, uh, things differently that guys you know, say that they think would be great uh, to improve for the, the future going forward. And, and I'm a creature of habit. So I'll, I'll tell a funny quick story is um, when we when we had success in the playoffs, I like to keep things the same. So. We do uh, uh, pregame meals and shout out to Chick-fil-A. We had about seven straight Chick-fil-A meals and our guys were like, coach, you overloaded us with Chick-fil-A. I'm sick of it now, but we were winning. So I said, that's what we're doing every single time. So we went every Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever it was having Chick-fil-A. And about half of our seniors were like, please don't do that to the next group. Please mix it up. So um, you always get to see what you get to improve on and, and, and areas that guys think, you know, could be a little bit better and, you know, even great stuff. Like we had one guy said, Hey coach, I wish we'd stretch a little bit more after practice where well, I stretched before, but it's nice to stretch after. And so kids have great ideas. Uh, even though we're teachers, we're always learning something new. Um, so I talked to them about just, you know, the, the, the good, the one thing they could change. And then we talk about expectations going into the off season, what to work on, what to improve um, in, in areas that they can increase their minutes. And 
Um, so it's always good uh, get to get a pulse and a feedback and, um, you know, see what the kids are thinking. And, and uh, you know, we open it up to parents and, and parents are welcome to come. But uh, it's it's the one time that, uh, you know, we, we try to meet before and after so that so that it, we put the onus on the kids um, and, and they have to be good communicators and it's, it's up to them. And sometimes their parents want different things than they want. So uh, we try to open it up to the parents before and after the season and, and, and just get everything on the table and say, you know, what can we do better? What, what do you like? What do you don't like? And um, how can we try to be, you know, on the same page moving forward? So it's as smooth as a sailing ship as you can throughout a season, which is always tough to navigate, but we do our best. And this would be a great place to stop and say thank you so much for your candor, for your wisdom, and it's easy to see why your season was so incredible. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the L.A. Court Report podcast, an L.A. Court Report production.